The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday, but we've got some winners to give out because it's the last Ross Tucker Football Podcast of the week. So it's actually a winner's Thursday. I want winners. I want people that want to win. So do I, Mike Singletary. So do I. I want people like Chase Ragsdale. You probably didn't even know, Chase, that I look at the Instagram. I saw that you liked my Instagram post at Ross Tucker NFL when I posted a clip of one of the shows earlier in the week. That's all it takes, man. Boom, you're the winner. Email me, Ross at RossTucker.com. You want to sign picture? You want to sign football card? You tell me, bro. Ross at RossTucker.com. All you had to do was while you were scrolling through at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod, just hit that like button real quick, and I'll send you something personally signed to you. The sponsor confirmation email winner, Tony Rogers. Tony's the one, yet another one that took advantage of of the awesome DraftKings Sportsbook app, $1,000 deposit bonus right now, which is insane, up to 1000 I should say, when you put the code ROSS in and you get the DraftKings Sportsbook app on your phone. Kudos to you, Tony. Just like Chase, let me know whether you want the signed picture or the signed football card or whatever. I know what I want. I want to talk football with Greg Cosell. Doing it a day earlier this week because of some travel schedules. It is the summer, after all. But we still get Greg Cosell. We still dive into what I think is a topic that's not being broached enough right now. And that is the impact of the lack of preparation, preseason games, etc. on NFL teams. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. You can check him out like I do on Twitter, at Greg Cosell. He always is the man with the plan. Um, Greg, I guess I'll start with this. Any of the the new opt-outs since we talked last week really jump out to you in terms of the impact it would have on a specific team? I don't know if Jawan James uh, with the Denver Broncos or Andrew Billings. Anybody – 
that you thought, wow, that's really going to hurt them? Well, this discussion could go in a lot of directions, but let's start since you mentioned Jawan James. You certainly could address this as well, Ross. I think offensive line is a position that will clearly be impacted in a negative way by the lack of, uh, of a real offseason. Um, and particularly offensive lines that have some new parts, which is now sort of the way the NFL is, and if there's a new system being installed. Because as you well know, the cohesion required to play on the offensive line, it's not an individual position. You know, very often we see it that way because people pick all pro teams or they say who are the top five guards, who are the top five tackles. And we've seen a lot of that this pandemic offseason just so people can have some fun on, on social media. But as you well know, when all said and done, no matter how good you are individually, still a position of cohesion with five players that have to work together, that have to understand fronts, that have to see the same thing, that have to make the same adjustments, both before the snap and at times after the snap. So to me, you know, you mentioned Juwan James in Denver. He's a veteran right tackle. Uh, I think offensive line is a position that will be dramatically impacted by this pandemic offseason. You know, it, it's funny, Greg. You know, that's what we're talking about today, right? And I think it's important because, A, it's sort of a co-sells concept segment in the sense that we're talking about the position groups that really need the most practice time versus the least. And as you would say, Greg, there's no coach that would ever say, my position group doesn't really need much practice time. <laughs> Nobody would ever say that, right? So we all know that practice time is good. Practice time helps every position get better. We recognize that. But I do think no OTAs, no minicamp, no preseason games, abbreviated training camp schedule does have a greater relative impact on some positions than it does others. So number one, I think that's interesting for our listeners, just in the sense that, oh, you know, curious to know which, which ones are hurt the most and hurt the least by it, sort of a co-sells concept. And two, it relates to their team because yeah. if they've got a team with a lot of continuity on the offensive line, then that's good. If they've got a lot of new pieces on the offensive line, then that's not good. And it's funny, you said O-line. Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth. But if you think of all the different position groups, is there one that you think would be at the top? We're kind of going to go, you know, from most impacted to least impacted. What would be in your mind, Greg, the most impacted position group by the lack of practice time in general and padded practices in particular? Is it the offensive line? That would be my starting point. Uh We've just sort of gone over that, so we don't need to say the same thing. But the other position, and there's a number, and we'll get to them since we just started. But I think that quarterbacks who are either young quarterbacks or who are quarterbacks in new systems, even if they're veterans, and then there's a combination of both, like Dwayne Haskins, a young quarterback in a new system. So I think those quarterbacks are really going to have a learning curve. You know, even someone like Tom Brady, you could say, oh, well, he's a veteran. He just figures all this out. But when you start with a new system, you have to remember there's new language. 
When you huddle up, you have to be able to get the plays out clearly, quickly, so everybody understands it. It's learning a new language. People don't think of it in those terms. You know, a hamburger and a French and, and French fries are the same in every country in the world, but ordering them in every country in the world is different. That's what it's like when you learn a new language and a new system. You know that you played for a number of teams with different languages and different words uh, to describe plays and. There's many cases where players struggled with that. They understood the concept of the play, but when they heard the play call, because it didn't register the way they, the way they were used to hearing it, all of a sudden they had a you know a moment or two of thought instead of reacting. And that's a killer in football, obviously, when the game happens so fast. So I think young quarterbacks in particular, and even some veterans, when you have a new system, learning a new language, and all the different things that go with that, because don't forget, you have to understand your offense, and then you have to understand your offense in relation to the defense you're playing against in a given week. And there's no preseason games. Uh, there's not going to be teams practicing against one another. So you're not going to get any of that until you play week one. So there's two things I want to get into here, Greg. Number one, I want to go back to some of the things you said about the offensive line. Could not agree more because when you are working – with the guy next to you. There's two things, right? Communication is yep. vital, absolutely vital. And you can get that a little bit from walkthroughs and stuff, but it's not the same because a walkthrough is not nearly the same speed as those things happen during the actual action. And so walkthrough, it's like, okay, that linebacker's coming. It's a cross dog. It's four week, okay, pass it off. It, 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 it's almost, Greg, two different kinds of communication. It's a walkthrough is like you visually see it, discuss it. In a game, it happens like that. Yes. I mean, in a heartbeat, you're not really even communicating. You're just like reacting. It's just, no. oh, oh. I mean, it, it happens so fast. The other thing is, too, you know, so many of the good offensive lines over the years, you're right, they've worked so well in cohesion together. And so much, you think about like the Niners and Kyle Shanahan's run blocking system, so much of it is knowing what the guy next to you is going to do. Is he going to stay on the down guy and just hook him and you got to go up to the next level? Great point. You go to the next level and you got to stay. And so what you're going to see, especially from these new offensive lines or young offensive lines, two things. You're going to see some guys coming free on blitzes and two guys at the end of the play looking at each other looking like, at what the heck? And then on run plays, Greg, you're going to see two guys on a double team on a D lineman. And then at some point, they're both going to leave the D lineman to go up to the linebacker because they're both going to think that the other guy was going to stay on the down lineman. you got to rep that and rep yeah. that. And it's like you just feel it. You feel when his hip hits your hip and kind of bounces you and it's your time to go. There's just no way they're going to get that. As for the quarterback stuff, Kurt Warner was on Monday's Ross Tucker football podcast. He said a couple really interesting things. One is he felt like just the language. Yep. When he bounced around, just the language he felt like took him a full year. And then he said, no matter where he went to a new team, 
or even just new receivers, not everybody runs the same 12-yard comeback. Correct. Not everybody runs the same 15-yard dig. He said, you learn to kind of read the guy's body language, especially if it's like an option route or whatever, or if there's any optionality to it. You get a bunch of reps, and you kind of you kind of know. You think about Greg. You, you you used to talk about this all the time. The timing that he would have on those deep digs in the Rams' offense that's practice. How that's do you, practice. Yeah, yeah, you don't just like that's not that doesn't just happen. Yeah. Well, you stole my thunder on two things, Ross, because I was going to make the point about all line that the run game. A lot of people don't think about because they think it's a passing league and everything is about the pass. But run blocking, there is a timing, and you got into it quite a bit. There's a timing with run blocking. You're going to see a lot of run-throughs, I think, early on because defense is always ahead of offense, uh, and it will be uh, certainly early this season because the timing of, of uh, double teams and greasing up to the second level and when do you release and when do you not, which guy goes up, you touched on that. That's that's done without any real verbal communication. You just get a feel for your, the guy playing next to you. And you make a great point. Now, Kurt Warner made the point, and obviously he knows. But I was going to bring that up as well with the idea of, of route timing and when the quarterback throws the ball. Because in the NFL, if you wait for receivers to be open, you are late. But the timing that's involved, the anticipation that's involved, whether the anticipation is true anticipation or whether it's somewhat predetermined by a route versus a defense, it doesn't matter. The point is the ball can't be thrown after a receiver makes a break. And I remember having this conversation with Sterling Sharp years ago about receivers and how they had to work depending on what the coverage was, you know, particularly zone, or sometimes man, depending on, on the kind of man coverage it is, as to when they might make a break. Because so you, you might practice it on the blackboard at X number of yards, but then all of a sudden in the game it becomes a yard sooner or a yard later, depending on coverage. And that's just something that requires practice time. So – what I love about our conversations, Greg, is we don't talk about them ahead of time. No. We share a brain on some things. I am curious about your next answer. We've talked O-line. We've talked quarterbacks. If I had to say the pos- the next position group that's most affected. All right, let's see, because I know what I'm going to say. lack of practice time, what would you say? I was going to go to the secondary. Yes! Yes, that was going to be mine. Because <laughs> other than O-line, Greg, they have to communicate the most. I was going to talk about zone coverage. Kind go of ahead. Go. You go. Yeah. That's why I think you're going to see a lot more man coverage. And by the way, the league has, has evolved into playing more man coverage anyway. But man coverage, in terms of teaching it, is you got him. Now, obviously, there's techniques of playing different kinds of man. But the bottom line is man coverage is you got him. Zone coverage is a whole different animal. Zone coverage requires an understanding of spacing. It requires an understanding of splits. It requires an understanding of route concepts and route combinations. When do you pass off a a route from your area into another area? There are so many factors that go into playing zone coverage, eyes, leverage, technique, understanding. All these things have to be taught. And for a lot of guys who are younger DBs coming into the league, they don't have a great feel for this at all. So 
I think you may see a lot more man coverage and zone coverage, I think, will suffer quite a bit uh, early in the season because it requires a ton of communication. How many times, Ross, do we see, you know, a guy pass a guy off and the other guy he's passing him off to isn't quite ready for that? And then at the end of the play, just like you talked about with offensive linemen, see a safety in a corner like looking at each other as, oh, I thought you had him. No, no, uh, you know, as if they don't really know. You're going to see a lot of that. Yeah, you know what, Greg, it's such a good point because even though it's not, even though they're not physically touching each other like offensive linemen are and working next to each other like that, there's still a real feel yep. and a real comfort level over time. You think about the Legion of Boom, you think about the Tampa 2 back in the day where when there's a group of DBs that's played together for a while, they know what the other guy's going to do. Like they know that guy's going to stay with him. They know they got to go cover for him. Ryan Clark has to go cover for Troy Polamalu. Like they, they know these things because yeah. it's been built up over time. And if you ever, people don't know, and we maybe we'll get a chance to hear it more this year because there won't be fans or whatever. But those guys are communicating all, all the, the time. time. I mean, they're talking all the time. So I always tell people the two groups that usually are the slowest earlier in the year are O-line and DBs. And I think that's especially pronounced this year. All right. After that, Greg, <laughs> I got to be honest with you. After that, I wasn't entirely sure. I could have gone a couple different ways. Um, and maybe we could, we could even go to the opposite in terms of like, which, which, um, well, who, who's, who's impacted the league? I would say, and it, it relates to our quarterback conversation, I would say wide receiver because particularly younger wide receivers. You know, we always, every year when we study the draft, we talk about receivers and their traits. There's no question you start with traits. If a guy doesn't have traits, he's not going to be able to play. But when you watch college, and I've been watching a ton of college this offseason because I've been home a lot, so I've been jumping back and forth with NFL and college. So I've actually watched 25 college receivers who will be in the draft next year and we don't know if they'll be college football or not but you know there's a big adjustment going from playing college receiver to playing nfl receiver in terms of the coverage you see the amount of press manual face the combination zone concepts that you don't see as much of in college football and receivers in in college tend to run a lot of routes freely with no disruption they, they can get to wherever they need to get to without a problem. It doesn't work quite like that in the NFL. And there's a big adjustment period for a lot of receivers. Plus, a lot of receivers in college only line up on one side of the formation. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily a big believer in the route tree. And, you, you know, because a lot of receivers, even in the NFL, don't run lengthy route trees. But you still have to have a feel for coverage and an understanding of how to attack and timing that's involved with that, with the, the, the depth of the quarterback's drop. And these are things that need to be taught and coached. And it, it's repetitive. And you're not getting that kind of repetition right now. So, Greg, we could go on forever. Um, I would just say, you know, I think these positions are not as important in terms of practice time, but – you know, running backs, we talked about it last week with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the pass pro stuff. Well, that's important. I was going to mention that, too, about understanding fronts. Yeah, and even even 
even them getting a feel for the run game, you know, like the guys that run in the Niners system or systems like that, that doesn't just happen overnight. No. You know exactly where to read it and put your foot in the ground and get upfield. Well, it's funny you say that because one of the things I look at when I watch college running backs, and I've watched about 10 of those guys as well uh, this summer, is their understanding of front pre-snap and then the post-snap gap fluidity because gaps change after the ball is snapped, as you well know. So as a back, and this is something Cam Akers with the Rams now did exceptionally well at Florida State. He had such a great intuitive feel for the changing nature of gaps after the ball would snap. He understood where defenders moved because the last thing you want to do as a running back is cut into an unblocked defender. You know, that, because that defeats the whole purpose of the run. So bats have a lot to learn as well, but the pass protection part is critical. And it's not just the physical nature of, oh, he's willing to step up and take on a blocker. A lot of guys are physically capable of doing that. It's understanding fronts, where the pressure's coming from, who are the five guys that the offensive line are responsible for, and then who is your guy, or, or two guys sometimes, as you well know, with the back. Um, so... You know, it's all this mental part of the game. There's no repetition in this pandemic offseason. Yeah, and even, Greg, you know, I think you could argue D-line, linebackers are some of the ones that are affected the least, but they still have to figure out where they fit in the front. Yes. You, know, you still have to get a feel for making sure you know where you're fitting in in the front, and the linebackers – have to have trust and faith in the D-line in front of them that those guys are going to be where they, they're going to be. And also there's some D-linemen that have the ability to not just stay in their gap and then the linebackers make them right. You got to get that. You got to get that to mesh too. Oh, yeah. How many times do we see watching a game where a linebacker, you know, has, before the ball snap, you know, takes two steps up and then uh, – back to one of the D linemen on the rear end because he's not lined up properly. You know, you see that all the time. Those are important things. They may not seem important when you're just watching the game, but those things are critical. You would, you know, see, as you said when we started this, every position coach is going to say that his position is, is going to be negatively impacted, and it is because football is a mental game as much as a physical game. It's why there's a lot of players who we wouldn't uh, say are off the charts in athletically, but can end up being really great players because there's a mental element to the game and an intuitive understanding that comes from coaching and repetition. Greg, this was awesome because it always is. Already can't <laughs> wait. I don't even know what we're going to talk about next week yet, but it's going to be awesome because you're going to be part of it. At Greg Cosell on Twitter, terrific stuff, Greg. This was, I mean, I think a lot of people learned a lot, and it's especially pertinent with everything going on right now. Thanks so much. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Gosh, he's awesome. I love these conversations. I hope you guys love these conversations as much as I do. I hope you spread the word about them. I hope you spread the word about Mac Weldon. I've told you about Mac Weldon before. They've created their own totally free loyalty program called Weldon Blue. Level one gets you free shipping for life. And once you reach level two, by spending $200, Mac Weldon will start giving you 20% off every order for the next year. I told you I recently bought four shorts at Mac Weldon. I got buddies that have bought other stuff there. I like their shirts. I, I needed new polo shirts to wear with like shorts when I'm 
going out in the summer. Love them. Right now, for 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash Tucker and enter promo code Tucker. So that's pretty cool that you get 20% off your first order. It's good stuff. Like I'm, I'll be wearing it this week. I'm, I'm going to the beach. I've got uh, for, for a long weekend. That's why we moved up the schedule a little bit this week. I packed three, count them, three Mac Weldon shirts. 20% off your first order. Visit MacWeldon.com slash Tucker and enter promo code Tucker. Tucks takes. Good morning, Ross. The opt-out deadline later today. Some of the guys who have made that decision over the past couple of days, including Travis Benjamin, Andrew Billings, Marcus Gilbert, Russell Bodine, or is it Bodine, uh, and Dolphins wideouts, Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson. I think it, I, I forget on the Bodine every time. I think it's I think it's Bodine. I don't know. I forget every time. That's one of the like the two or three that always confuse me. Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal that the Dolphins lost one of those guys. Losing both, though, certainly hurts their depth, Wilson and Hearns. Uh, you know, the Browns wanted Billings to be a run-stuffing D-tackle. That hurts. I'd say the one that jumps out to me the most is the Arizona Cardinals losing Marcus Gilbert. I think they want him to be their right tackle. I was on other podcasts this week and talked about how you know, they at least threw some assets at right tackle where they've got Justin Murray, Justin Jones, they have Marcus Gilbert, Kelvin Beecham. Well, now they don't have Marcus Gilbert. That hurts. Tucks takes. On the college side, a couple of guys who are skipping the upcoming season include Minnesota wide receiver Rashad Bateman. He has announced his intention to opt out. Uh, also reports of Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons uh, is going to do the same. You know, I haven't seen that yet. From Micah Parsons officially. Uh, I said this before with Caleb Farley. I understand why these guys are doing it. I wouldn't blame them. I think it's almost a natural progression going from McCaffrey skipping a bowl game to Bosa essentially skipping the second half of his last year. And I think there are guys that have thought about skipping the whole last year and maybe should have. And I think with the increased risk of COVID, uh, both the increased risk there and the fact that there won't be as much of a negative backlash if you opt out. I can see why guys are doing this. I'll say this about Micah Parsons. I know the young man. I was at his third or fourth high school football game ever. He was in the same school district as I reside in here in Harrisburg. I texted my buddy at Penn State right away and said, wow, this is like the best ninth grade football player I've ever seen. They offered him a scholarship after his fourth game, I believe, in ninth grade. Uh, he is a fantastic player. If you remember, I think we touched on it maybe with James Franklin. I can't remember if I brought up Micah or not, but the kids only played linebacker for two years. He was a D-end in high school. So the sky's the limit. Selfishly, I'd love to see him play in blue and white one more year. But if he does, in fact, make that decision, I understand. Tux takes. Some other news include Big Ben Roethlisberger detailing the severity of his elbow injury, Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford being cleared after a false positive COVID test, and the Redskins signed wide receiver Dontrell Inman. So the Redskins have major receiver issues. So signing Dontrell Inman makes sense just to have another reliable target so they can evaluate Dwayne Haskins this year opposite Terry McLaurin 
They do have Steve Sims. The Matthew Stafford false positive is interesting. I don't pretend to be a doctor. I think Kate Coley Baba, uh, one of our listeners who's an MD, touched on it recently. But it sounded like Stafford went negative, negative, positive, negative, negative over like a five-day period. But he had to be put on the COVID list. And it's interesting to, I guess his wife, I think, I believe her name's Kelly, posted on social media that, you know, people at the grocery store told him to leave. Their kids weren't allowed at school. You know, I mean, all kinds of reaction because the NFL put him on this COVID list. And so that's public. And so people didn't want anything to do with anybody from the Stafford family. I guess understandably so, but it was a false positive. I, I don't know how they fixed that issue other than perhaps people should be a little bit more understanding um, with the kids or whatever. Uh, I, I get it. Like everybody's hypersensitive and you should be, but I, I didn't, I, I, I thought that was a, that was rough reading those reports. As for big Ben, has there ever been a player in NFL history that has gone into more detail about his injuries than Big Ben. It's unbelievable. I mean, he's like three different torn tendons. Nobody's ever, no, never happened to anybody before. Nobody's ever come back from it. The guy is hilarious. I mean, nobody likes to talk about his injuries more than Big Ben. It, it honestly, at this point, like cracks me up. Tux takes. Last but not least, the Buffalo Bills adjusted the contract of wide receiver Stephon Diggs right before the opt-out deadline in a move that a lot of insiders are calling interesting. Right. Let me read between the lines for you here, Bri. When two or three NFL insiders all tweet, Bills giving Stephon Diggs a, an increased contract or an improved contract right before the opt-out deadline. Interesting. Interesting is code language for... He used the threat of opting out to get more money, okay? And I think there's three possibilities here. Number one, Stefan Diggs just looked at it as an opportunity. Hey, I've got leverage here, and I'm going to use it. And Because I, I want to get more money, I'm going to use this opt-out potential to get more money. People can have reasonable mo- opinions as to whether or not they think that that's ethical, unethical. I don't really care. Whatever you think. Second one would be, maybe it's true. Maybe he did have some concerns. Maybe he was worried. And maybe he wanted the increased compensation to account for the risk. Okay? I guess you could say more power to him there. And then the last thing would be, I'm sure there are people out there that feel like he is taking advantage of a global pandemic and perhaps even faking concern in order to get more money. And like I said, I, may, I might even run a poll on Twitter, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod, to see how people feel about it. A, why they think he did it, and B, if they have an issue with it. I think it's, you know, maybe we'll see another one. I mean, we're recording this this morning. Maybe this will happen to another guy before 4 p.m. today. Speaking of maybe happen, maybe it'll happen that you'll be able to win a bunch of money at DraftKings using the promo code Ross when you know who to bet thanks to BetQL. I watched some NBA last night, little NHL. 
Montreal against the Penguins. I watched Oklahoma City take it to the Lakers. If you want to know who to bet in these other sports, it's BetQL. They've got sharp data for NBA, for MLB, for NHL. Look, you can go and just check it out for free. And then if you want their algorithms to give you the best bets, then you go to betql.co, enter code ROSS20 for 20% off your first payment. When I'm thinking about what to say on the Even Money podcast, I go to BetQL, I see what, or the BetQL app, I see what their best bets are, and I go from there, and I recommend you guys do the same. I also recommend that if you have missed out on any of the shows this week, Mike Clay was incredible with Steve Fezzik on Tuesday's Even Money podcast. Absolutely incredible in terms of some prop bets and play caller data you should absolutely be aware of. I thought Joe Dolan, we started Tears of Dolan yesterday on the Fantasy Feast podcast. Awesome. First of all, his quarterback tears. He's not taking Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. He explained why. You'll never believe where he's got Aaron Rodgers in his tears. Plus the Tears of Dolan song. If you guys remember the Tears of Evan song, we have taken that to the next level. It is absolutely incredible. And we're playing too. The show that's so nice, we do it twice. Fantasy Feast in August. Chris Harris from Harris Football will join us on the second Fantasy Feast podcast this week tomorrow. So you've got something this week every day. Monday through Friday, you've got a fresh new podcast. Shout-outs to Pizza Boy Brewing and DynastyFreaks.com. If you're a Dynasty player, DynastyFreaks.com is where it's at. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.